Hello and welcome back to the Flying Green Sports Podcast. We are your hosts, Michael Nania and Brian Nebel. And the good luck of this podcast is over because our teams are no longer undefeated combined for one team as the Jets lose a heartbreaker (laughs) to the Minnesota Vikings 27 to 22 while the Eagles keep their winning streak going as they defeat the Tennessee Titans, force Tennessee to fire their general manager. They beat them so bad. And the Eagles continue their pursuit. A.J. Brown just put his stamp on him. Yeah, I mean, 35 to 10. A.J. Brown with his performance. Showing out against his former team. Titans just didn't handle the embarrassment despite being in first place in their division. Had to cut ties with the general manager. That was too much. He said, we're trading our best player. And then he plays us next year and just goes for – Buck 22 touchdowns. Uh, we can't have this anymore. Runs over a cornerback, injures him in the process. So not only did he just two touchdowns on him, he also just took out one of their DBs. So that was very, very good performance from AJ. Yeah, and the Jets also had a big time receiving performance. Garrett Wilson put up 162. Garrett Wilson. Obviously not enough, though. So, I mean, let's get into it, I guess. Let's talk about um, – I mean, I, I can start with the Jets and we can get into the Eagles a little bit. But, I mean, what a tough one for the Jets. At the end of the tough day, the game you feel good about because they put up a lot of yards. The defense had a rough start, but they rebounded. Ultimately, they, I think, outgained the Vikings by 199 yards, and that was not enough because of the red zone struggles. One for six in the red zone. Vikings go three for three, and that proves to be the difference between what could have been a Jets blowout. Instead, you get this tough loss. And the Jets were within five yards at the end, were within one yard on second and goal, taking the lead with less than two minutes. But run, rush attempt by Zonovan Knight, Zonovan Knight couldn't get that one in. Um, they go for a fade. Gary Wilson falls down. And then they go for a quick throw over the middle to Barrios, and it's a little behind him, but it still gets in the chest. Catch a ball. Right into the body. He has it as he goes to the ground, then poof, just pops right out. All Jets feds hearts drop right when they see that ball pop out. My heart dropped. I was I was watching that one right there at the end, root for the Jets. And I was right there with you. Uh, I mean, I have it on video. I was I recorded my reactions, and I thought he caught it. So for like a good five seconds, I was celebrating until I heard like, Oh, it popped out because it was like kind of delayed reaction <laughs> from Iron Eagle, the CBS announcer. He was he was kind of seeing this trying to happen. It wasn't the best angle, and then so it was a little bit delayed. And I was like, "What?" Yeah, that's that's a tough one. But I'm, I don't feel too distraught because at the end of the day, they were competitive. It was a good performance, yeah. On the road against a ten and two team, and you know you're not going to go one for six in the red zone every week. They haven't been that bad in the red zone. This year, prior to this game, I think they were 17th in red zone touchdown. So not great, but not this bad. So something that probably won't be sustained. But what's more telling, what's more promising is the fact that, you know, you put up almost 500 yards on them. We're just moving it at will in the second half. And the fact that you have a quarterback in Mike White who's out here making some big time throws in big spots. Big time throws. Under pressure, tight windows. I mean, the fourth and ten throw he made after it seemed like he's maybe hurt. That was one of the, the most. To uh, Corey Davis. Clutch. Yeah, to Corey Davis, one of the most clutch 
big boy throws as seen from the Jets quarterback. So I'm still optimistic about Mike White, maybe even more so than I was after the previous game. Um, no, I mean, weeks. going in on the road in Minnesota and having the performance that he did is, while starting like two games on the season, is definitely a great sign moving forward. And I think the Jets definitely have some, even without a win, I think they have some momentum to carry into Buffalo next week to face another tough team on the road. So Mike White in this offense, they're getting their act together, defense playing well. So that's going to be a good one for the Jets. And um, I'm looking forward to it. And, you know, it, it's tough. And it's a little intimidating because you wish you could have this win because now, you know, you're looking at going into Buffalo playing a team that I still think is the best in the AFC. And they're going to have mm-hmm. revenge on their minds after losing the first game to the Jets. And now you, you know, are in a spot where if you can't win this game, which is going to be tough to do, then, you know, you're seven and six, two straight losses. You know, maybe the Chargers and Patriots can catch up to you. So, puts you in a tough spot, but at the same time, it's a chance to really rebound and pick up an impressive win here, kind of get some momentum back. That's exactly what they did in the last Bills game. You know, when they lost to the Patriots, a game they thought they should win at home. You thought you were looking at another loss against the Bills, and then boom, they beat them. All the momentum is right back. So I think they have a chance to do that. Von Miller is going to be out in this game. Yeah. Uh, you know, Mike White versus Zach Wilson last time is an upgrade. Corey Davis didn't play in that previous game. George Fant didn't play that previous game. Um, Bill's also got a couple guys. They didn't have the last game. Matt Milano, uh, Jordan Poyer didn't play. So they will have some reinforcements too. But Key defensive uh, players. Yeah, I think the Jets are definitely capable of doing it, but it's going to be tough. The sweep, sweeping the Bills is a tall order for sure. Divisional games are always tough, and especially when you're going on the road, you just never – even if it's a team that you should beat, it's just – you never know what to expect. Divisional games are always hard and close games. So this will definitely be a tough battle for both teams. Uh, hoping the Jets pull this one out. You know, I'm I'm a big Eagles fan, but for the podcast, um, I'm almost as big of a Jets fan. Yeah, and the same for the Eagles. Like, just having both teams be good is just a lot to talk about. It's good for the legion of green flying teams in the Northeast. <laughs> so that's giant nation. There are so many teams included in that. Um, so it's just fun to see them both be good. And, you know, now we're at this point where we have our eyes on the wild card race, kind of rooting for everyone. We need to lose every single weekend. The Jets, that kind of eases the blow, too, because they got a lot of help this week. Patriots lost on Thanksgiving to the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, or, uh, To the Bills, uh, they lost. The previous week, they lost to Minnesota, but um, lose to the Bills on Thursday night. Then Chargers lose to the Raiders on Sunday, and the Dolphins Shocking. also lost. So Jets got some help, so they still are alone in that seventh seed at seven and five, with the Chargers and Pats right behind. And Patriots are the team to worry about. That tiebreaker is clinched and locked up for New England. Chargers, it's going to depend on the conference record. Right now, they have the same number of conference losses. If they're tied in conference record, it's going to go to common games which right now the Jets have the advantage there. So that one's still TBD. But uh, So the Jets did get some help, and we'll see if those teams can keep pace with the Jets going forward. But a uh, big one this week to kind of set the tone for these final few games of the year, see if they can pull it off. So how about those Eagles against the Titans? Got a blowout against a really good team. <laughs> a blowout. Uh, now looking good over these final few games of the season. I mean – this is not what I 
expected at all. You know, anytime you play the Titans, you're thinking it's going to be a close, gritty, defensive kind of battle. And it was the exact opposite of that. Um, The Eagles' offense looked tremendous. The defense probably had the best pass rushing performance that I've seen all season from them. Josh Sweat himself had two sacks. They were just all day. Ryan Tannehill did not have any time to throw in the pocket. He was had to keep moving around. Had a, had a few nice little runs, Tannehill. Um, but the big thing, they kept old number 22, Derrick Henry, in check there. 11 carries for 30 yards. That was definitely going to be the biggest key for the Eagles' defense was to stop Tannehill and uh, to stop Derrick Henry. And if you do that, make him one-dimensional. And it proved that way, um, being able to beat them by stopping the run game. Uh, um, Traylon Burks had a, a nice catch. Um, I don't know if you saw, though, he got – absolutely lit up in the end zone, yeah. got hit in the head, and he was knocked out of the games. Hate to see that. Um, but the Eagles' offense was really the star of the show. Jalen Hurts almost threw for 400 yards. Uh, AJ, uh, it was really Devontae Smith in the opening drive. He had two big catches, one nasty route, and then he had a nice, like, 40-yard touchdown. Devontae got in on the action early. But before the game, I put out a tweet. I said, you know, AJ's going for 180 and two touchdowns. It was guaranteed. Didn't hit 180, but he hit the two touchdowns, 119 yards. So AJ had a terrific game. Hertz was, I think he missed like one pass. He looked, you know, we've been talking about it for the past couple episodes, him and the MVP candidate. I think this was his best performance all season. And I think right now he's got to be at the top of the MVP ladder. He had an amazing game all around. Um, they didn't really run the ball a lot, honestly. Miles Sanders only had 10 carries, and that was more towards the end of the game. It was just boom, boom, deep shots. They were It was mid uh, intermediate to the deep game that was working for the Eagles, and you love to see it. I love when they take shots deep. Um, A.J. Brown had one deep touchdown, called back. Um, a, little, a little big toe was out of bounds on that catch, and very next play, they went right back to him he got the touchdown so aj brown dominant the eagles offense looked dominant and i could finally say about the eagles defense i've been saying it for weeks to play in the kobe dean kazira white got uh injured for a little bit in the game the kobe dean came in played 15 snaps and he led the team in tackles and he had a nice, nice. tackle for loss in the run game he was all over the field reed blankenship looked great the whole defense played terrific it, it was probably the eagles his best performance all season. The the special teams too. Britton Covey had like over 100 punt return yards. The team was electric. It was their best performance all season. They looked every bit of the best team in football, and it was a joy to watch. Truly, yeah. I'm looking at the numbers here, and you know we were talking about Derrick Henry last week, and he ends up with 11 for 30 in this game. So how were they able to pull that off? I see Jordan Davis only played. Six yeah, like six or, snaps. Yeah, he did not play at all. So I guess he wasn't really involved, but I mean, it looks like they they didn't need him. No, the 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 offensive line of Tennessee is not great, but they did not get any push. Uh, Derek Henry wasn't able to bounce anything outside. He couldn't get any momentum moving up. The linebackers, uh, linebackers, and even the corners were active, um, crashing to the line of scrimmage and plugging the gaps. He had nowhere to go. Uh, Linval Joseph and Adamic and Sue both played well. Fletcher Cox looked a little bit like his old self. The D-line, even outside of the pass rush, just looked terrific. The linebackers were filling the gaps well. T.J. Edwards, another good game. It was 
they were just attacking the football. Any anytime Derrick Henry got the football, there was eight Eagles right there to tackle him, and it, like he had his longest rush was for six yards, and when you can't run for seven yards your farthest in a four quarters, fifteen minutes, that just shows that. I mean, your offensive line got absolutely out muscled the whole entire game. And the Kobe Dean, like you said, I'm looking at the snaps here. You, know, you said he led the team in tackles. He had six of them. Only played 15 snaps. I mean, that he is totally played 15 some snaps. high level activity right there. I mean, that's every other play making a tackle. So, how did he look? Also, was this his season high for snaps? Yeah, uh, I think he played like two defensive snaps total previously. Like I said, oh, he's usually wow. on a special team. He also yeah. had a, a special, nice special teams tackle, um, but. Kaiser White was injured for a little bit, so Nicobe Dean came on, and he looked terrific. One one run play, he just shot right through the gap, and right it wasn't even Derrick Henry; it was the backup running back. Right when he got the the uh, handoff, Nicobe Dean was right there, tackled him for like a three yard loss. So he looked explosive, electric, and I think that's kind of maybe better for him as a um, a player because he had the injury concerns coming out, so I slipped in the draft. So uh, T.J. Edwards and Kaiser White have been playing really well, so it doesn't force you to play someone like N'Kobe Dean right away um, and kind of let him just wait, kind of redshirt the year a little bit. Um, but he got a little bit of game action, and he looked really well, uh, really good. So I'm excited for him in the future, and hopefully he gets to play a little bit more. Maybe this shows the defensive coaching staff, hey, let's throw this guy in there a couple of plays, see how he does, and see how he looks. Yeah, it seems like the Eagles – firing him all cylinders in this game. Jets weren't quite as much. It was defensively defensively not one of their best performances this season. I mean, for a defense that has been pretty elite this year, it was a little underwhelming. And, you know, you're playing the Vikings on the road with all the weapons they have. So, you know, it's a tough opponent. But uh, they've been up to the task against some good offenses this year, such as Buffalo a few weeks ago. But this was not one of their best games. It wasn't terrible, but they gave up a couple long Touchdown drives in the first half with a lot of third down conversions in there. Um, in the second half, they were a lot better, but they did give up a long touchdown drive when they really needed it. needed a stop. So um, Jets defense wasn't as great. I think Quinn Williams was great again and against Justin Jefferson. They, they did an okay job. I mean, Jefferson only ended up with seven catches for 45 yards and a touchdown, which is, by his standards, that's doing a great job. But he did draw a couple of holds. He had a big touchdown in the fourth quarter to give the Vikings some extra cushion. Uh, so they did an okay job, but there were also some plays the Vikings barely missed. There was a deep shot. He dove for, had it on his hands. Couldn't pull that one in, but it was very close. I mean, Kirk mm-hmm. Cousins was just, I thought he was bad in this game. He's just missing. It was, was primetime Kirk at 1 p.m. Primetime yeah. Kirk at 1 p.m. The Jets pulled it out of them. Um, so it could have been worse. I mean, they, they did okay, all things considered, but had some trouble in the run game with Dalvin Cook and even Madison who had a 14-yard touchdown. Um, just wasn't as stout against the run as we've typically seen from the Jets this year. So some stuff to iron out, but it wasn't atrocious, especially considering was, the opponent. Yeah. It was so. definitely a performance to build on for the Jets. And the one thing about the Eagles, you know, it's it's probably weird to say, but they had like nine penalties and like seven false starts, especially like the first drive of the game, they literally had like three or four false starts. They were, they, it was the offensive line was just committing penalties every play. And it's weird to say because you, you know, you, there's so many penalties against the team, um, especially the offensive line that keeps happening. And you wouldn't think that 
the team like that would win by 25, but it didn't seem to bother them at all. The offense was just insane. I don't, I don't like, I'm blown away by this performance. I've never seen this passing game look so electric in, in as long as I can remember. I'm just so blown away by that Eagles O-line every time I watch them. I feel like pass pro and run game is just so dominant, especially in pass protection, I feel like. And you know, that's not to take away from the run game, but I feel like anytime you flip on the Eagles, they just have these great pockets for Jalen Hurts. Yeah, and just Lane, so much Lane Johnson over there, right tackle yeah. has been terrific. So, I mean, Jets offensive line has is definitely not at that caliber, but I mean, they've dealt with a lot of injuries this year, and considering that, it easily could be one of the worst in the league. I mean, with the number of guys they've had to throw out there this year, uh, they've had guys like Cedric Ogbuehi a couple of weeks ago was starting for a couple of games, who was not even on an NFL team to start the year. The so, former Bengal, right? Yeah, yeah. They've had to dig really deep into the bargain bin to fill some of these holes. So considering that, it should be an absolute mess. But, I mean, they've done okay. I mean, the run run game for the Jets this year has been solid. Um, pass protection is – there have been some games where they struggled, especially against the Patriots. But um, they just faced Zedaria Smith and Daniil Hunter, and both those guys had their season lows in terms of how much pressure they generated. So George Fant came back this game. Uh, he didn't start, but he replaced Max Mitchell pretty quickly, the rookie. Mm-hmm after he gave up a sack, and then Fant was good when he came in. So this offensive line has played a key role for the Jets, and if they could get healthy, which they are getting healthier, and maybe find find a unit they could stick with for a little bit. I don't, I'm pretty sure they haven't had the same one for more than two straight games, the same starting mm-hmm. offensive line. So it's been a lot of turnover at that position, and you know there's a lot of chemistry involved there. The Eagles have had yeah. some, a lot of great consistency at that position. That definitely helps them. So Jets have not had that, but they've been able to find a way to be pretty solid regardless. So we'll see if some chemistry down the stretch here could make it even better because they are starting to get some reinforcements back. Um, so I, I guess let's look a little bit around the rest of the playoff race as both these teams are now stand, you know, scoreboard watching, looking to stand. I have, a, I have a quick question for you. Yeah, all right. As, all right. Um, <laughs> as a big Eagles fan here, you know, Jalen Rager has a lot of history with the Eagles. And and I'm looking at these stats right here. What is this one catch for 38 yards? What is that? Jets fans don't want to discuss that. I mean, out of nowhere, here comes Jalen Rager of all people. You know, you come into the game, you're Justin Jefferson, and here's Rager with 38, with the biggest catch of the game for a Vikings receiver. (laughs) I mean, Kirk Cousins gets blasted by Nathan Shepard, just chucks up a prayer into double coverage and you're like let's go it's getting picked off and then Jordan Whitehead just looks like he's got he's like he's blindfolded out there he's just like running around <laughs> aimlessly <laughs> I don't even know like Cousins throws a pass and Whitehead's right where you want to be but he doesn't even look back for the ball it's like he just runs straight at where Rager is Rager undercuts him and gets to the balls some of the ugliest safety play you'll see so uh, safety is like seeing that. a weakness the Jets. And then Rager had an eight-yard run, too. So he ends up with 46 yards. Jefferson had 56. So maybe Jefferson or Rager is the guy the Jets should have been afraid of. And he only, those are the only two snaps he played. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could have told you. Watch out. For 23 that. yards of snaps. Jalen Rager. Pretty efficient, I would say. 
you know, I never see that kind of production in his, his days with the Eagles. It's usually like a little five-yard catch. Actually, his first career catch was like 53 yards, and you're like, okay, maybe this guy is going to be something, and <laughs> you would think so. That's like Stephen Hill with the Jets from uh, 2012, the second round. I think it was his second game. He's just popping off on the Bills. I think he had two deep touchdowns on Stephon Gilmore, and you're like, Let's go. This guy's a stud. Who's this Gilmore guy on the Bills? He's a bust. And then Stephen Hills, I don't know where he is. Maybe at Home Depot. But um, <laughs> Stephon Gilmore is the defensive player of the year. So sometimes it uh-huh. goes like that. Um, but I, I guess, yeah, let's look around at some of the other scores. Um, so the Eagles, obviously the Jets would, or the Eagles would like some help from the Jets beating the Vikings. That would be um, nice they, do. they didn't get that one. They got some nice cushion because they got the tiebreaker and they still have a game. Mm-hmm. So Vikings would have to outplay the Eagles by two games over the last five weeks here to get the top speed to get that top seed, which is gonna be tough, but you know, the Eagles have some difficult games on there. Still gotta play the Cowboys. Two games against the Giants. That'll be a, a bloodbath out there in Dallas. That's gonna be a crazy um, a couple of winnable games, the Bears and the Saints. They look at the Vikings and Vikings do have a pretty soft schedule. Finish it up here. I mean, four of their last five games against losing teams. Although they do have the Brent Hot Lions on the road this week, and they have the Giants, probably the least threatening of the winning teams. Although the Eagles got a couple of tough division games against them, so uh, so the Eagles are in a good spot for that top seed. But uh, it's really the division. I think Eagles are, you know, yeah, the NFC East with. is. Uh, you know, you'd think maybe either the Giants or the Command would possibly separate themselves from each other. But, you know, they said, hey, let's shake hands and end this one. Yeah. It's true competitors, true men, and they tied. There's always there's always one tie every year, and I guess they just decided, let's just – let's both just do it. And uh, well, the commanders got kicked the out of the, the playoff game. push. Like, just looking at that end of the game, when the you know final kick was missed, you could see the coaches walking the field and everything. I think if you just showed someone some, uh, just like some screenshots, of that end of the game and said, what do you think the result of this game was? You'd definitely be able to tell it was a tie. It was just the most standard expressions I've ever seen at the end. It of looked the like game. Brian Dable was about to like cry or something. It was, yeah. <laughs> he looked distraught from that one. He has the best expressions. He is fun to watch. He gets so yeah, mad. He's, he's <laughs> electric on the sideline. I'll be, I'll be seeing him next week. Giants game. That will, uh, you know, even though the Giants are banged up, like I said, divisional games are always close no matter what. You know, I found it out against the Commanders. Guys like Taylor Heineke will really just come into your own stadium and give you a beatdown. Yeah, and I'm looking at this Week 18 game against the Giants. That should be interesting because if the Eagles are able to lock up number one by that point, then you're looking at the Giants are most likely at this point going to be having a huge game, probably do or die for the playoffs. Maybe the Eagles will be resting the starters. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe probably not everyone, probably just like Hurts and guys like Slay, some of the older It is interesting because, you know, if they do clinch it, then you're talking about a first-round bye. So, like, do you play them because you don't want two whole weeks off, which is a very odd thing in the middle of a season. So, like you said, maybe they'll play half the game just to get those reps in, but also limit the risk. So, but that's a long way away. Got to take care of business first, but they are in a very good spot to do that. And the Jets are hoping to 
maybe have the opportunity to breathe a little bit week 18 as well. Although I don't know if they're going to be able to do that. It seems like that week 18 game is, is going to be pivotal. You're going to be ripping your hair out. Come on. I'm, I got my, my Zach Wilson jersey on right now. I'm, I'm rooting for these Jets. <laughs> my Zach Wilson jersey is firmly tucked in the closet. It's not going to come out, at least for a while. Probably never again. Maybe never again, I guess we'll say. You never know what's going to happen. But I like Mike White. Um, Mike White. Bills this week. See how that one goes. I do expect them to lose this one, though. It's going to be tough. So we'll be sitting there 7-6. and six. We'll see what the Chargers and Patriots do. Chargers got the Dolphins on Sunday Night Football. So we might have to be Dolphins fans this week, which is okay. We just rooted for the Bills, so. So it didn't look too good against a very good defense last week good. in San Francisco. The Dolphins' offense finally looked human with two under center. So we'll be rooting for the Dolphins to take out Herbert. Patriots are going to Arizona on Monday Night Football to play a Cardinals team that has been pretty bad, but they are getting healthier. Got, got Hopkins back, got Hollywood Brown. Um, so, no, I mean, the Patriots have not looked good against non-Zach Wilson teams. That, that's just, what everyone wants to do after a long Monday night. You know, after like work or school, ah, who's playing on football tonight? Ah, Patriots Cardinals. Yeah, can't wait. Time time has been so disappointing this year. Yeah, these past weeks, you got like Cowboys Colts was like a a thirty five point blowout. Like the Broncos early on the season were just filling up every single time. Need more time. Jets. More Jets could have made it. Yeah, throw the Jets on. And then here we go every single week. Let's put the Chargers on Sunday night. Let's put the Chargers on Sunday night again. Chargers, Chiefs. It's always like the same. Like, you know, I don't mind. Chargers, Chiefs is always a great game. So that's fine. Everyone that. loves the Chargers. Um, but Jets do have good teams like against Jacksonville. There should be like a handful of teams to just not throw on primetime and just like, I don't want to see 50 year old Matt Ryan on primetime anymore. I don't want to see the Steelers on primetime. I don't want to see Broncos country. That's right. They have been terrible this year. Like, their offense, it seems like they're scoring either, like, 9 or 16 points every single game. It might be the lowest scoring, like, combined team between offense and defense that I've ever seen. It's got to be up there in NFL history. I mean, look at this. They're number 32 offensively, 13.8 points per game. Number two defense in scoring, 17 per game. So this is the most boring team in the NFL. And they've and like, they played all those Brian Tang games early on. Like, like obviously you lose Javante Williams for the year, but the receivers have been a little banged up. But when they're healthy, you know, it's a it's a good room. But Russell Wilson just hasn't looked very good, I think, is the main thing. I don't think the O-line's been too, too great either. But putting up these nine points, putting up, like you said, 13 points a game average is a fireable offense. That's... That's fireable. Broncos and Rams are two teams that seem pretty screwed for the long run. I mean, the Rams obviously went all in. They got what they wanted out of it. It worked out for them. They'll take as many of these years as they need to be worth that one season. But the Broncos. Donald comes back. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I mean, maybe in hindsight he wishes he retired. I mean, I don't know. (laughs) He retired on top instead of just retire on top. I think he's got to deal with this, but I mean, the Broncos, like, where do you go from here? You don't have your first round pick as a reward for all this nonsense. <laughs> You're stuck with Russell Wilson. Man, what a position they're in. That is going to be tough to get out of. 
And then it's on like the, the other Saints. side, yeah, the Saints. But then on the other side, you have the Seahawks, who seemed like they were in a, you know, because the Jets robbed them with the Jamal Adams trade. Seemed like they were going to go down the drain. They lost Russell Wilson. They got it Ryan Geno Smith and Drew Locke. And look at him now. Geno Smith. Geno is Smith is, they, is the MVP uh, of football. From the Broncos, and they make great value out of it. They have this great draft class with Kenneth Walker, Tariq Woolen. Tariq Woolen, a couple of offensive linemen. They've been playing really well. So, yeah, Seahawks totally leased the Broncos and saved their franchise, really. I'm looking forward to that week 17 game. New Year's Day, Jets going into Seattle. Mike mm-hmm. White against Geno Smith. Crucial game. I feel like that could get flexed. Just All the Jets out. had to do was wait like 10 years and be patient with Geno Smith. Yeah, they're, they're just patient another 10 years. Look what you could have had. <laughs> Patience is crucial at quarterback, guys. Can't give up on them that quickly. I mean, Mike White and Geno Smith, though, are doing a lot for the older quarterback breakout bandwagon, yeah. I guess you can say. I mean, because you know, the NFL has become this league that's all about young quarterback. You know, it's you know, you got draft a guy, hopefully he develops, he doesn't work out, draft another guy. No one's really been in on the veteran quarterbacks anymore. But here you have a couple guys and Gino and Mike White who with the benefit of all this added experience building it up throughout their careers are kind of having these later breakouts. I mean, Gino obviously started for the Jets a couple years, third year, gets punched in the jaw and all goes to the side. Then he got all those years where he got to, you know, Play behind Eli Manning, play behind Philip Rivers, play behind Russell Wilson, and that's really all it takes. Like benefited from all that experience, and he really behind these like a, guys, yeah, sharp veteran quarterback at 32 here, and then Mike White, obviously the very different path than most, you know, quarterbacks who are this young in their career in terms of starts. He's a fifth round pick in 2018, and you know, racks up the preseason reps, but never really plays in the regular season. And then by now, he's 20, you know, going to last year, 26 years old already, and he's never played in the regular season. So you throw him out there, and he's still raw in terms of his experience. But he, in, in terms of his starting experience, but he's already, you know, been in the NFL for so long that it's like he's more prepared than some of the other young quarterbacks in the same position. So I'm very intrigued with Mike Way. I'm, I'm, I couldn't be more surprised, I guess I would say, with these I think, teams. yeah. I think everyone, any football fan, is is rooting for Mike White. You know, you yeah. love to see a guy that I wouldn't say necessarily came out of nowhere because he had the start last season, but everyone rooted for him when he lit it up against Cincinnati, and then he yeah. has to play again this year. And I think everyone's rooting for him besides, you know, who's playing for him. It's just fun to see. He's, he's throwing almost 60 passes a game, something you yeah. wouldn't think, and he's, he's making big-time throws that – you just, as a football fan, you just got to appreciate. Uh, you can appreciate Geno Smith playing well. Even as a Jets fan, I think you got you to yeah, respect no, it and you got to root for it. I appreciate Geno. I, it's cool to see what he's doing. Um, and that's the thing that surprised me about Mike White and, and Geno Smith because, like, you watch Geno Smith and I don't see a guy who's just putting up numbers because of steam or anything. Like, he's making big-time throws every time he's making on. great passes, yeah. Like, yeah. he's legitimately as good as the numbers say he is. And I feel like this it's the same thing for White because, you know, what I expected from him coming in was he would make the easy throws that Zach Wilson was struggling with. He'd manage the offense and let the Jets you know, be stable and confident so they can win games defensively. But we're two games in now, and, like, he's made 
so many daytime throws, challenging tight windows down the field, and I'm like, you know, we knew he could do the easy stuff. I I did not know he could Surprising do that. Surprising you, yeah. And two games in, we're like, not only is he capable of making the offense stable, efficient, just taking the easy checkdowns and all that, but he's showing he could step up and make – He really said, hey, I'm – I'm no game manager here. I'll come in here to Minnesota and and really win it if Braxton Berrios just squeeze it it to his chest a little bit tighter. Uh, Tough. Hopefully we don't look back on that one as one that you wish you had. But uh, there's still a lot of positive takeaway from it. I I, I was saying this on Courier Jets podcast, spitting on some tweets and stuff, but I almost feel like I'm more optimistic about the Jets after this game. Obviously the loss hurts. So you got to find a way to offset that by playing well going forward. But just in terms of the outlook, like now that you're getting this quarterback play, it's like you add that to the defense. You already know the Jets have the weapons. You know they have. And it's like this is a major addition here, and it really raises the ceiling of what I think the Jets can be down the stretch here to see Mike White making some of the throws that he's making. So, so I'm excited. I think they have a shot to do something big against the Bills that week. They got Definitely the number one slot on CBS. Tony Romo, gymnast. Tony Romo. This is going to be a big one. I'm, I'm all in on the Jets here. I'm, I want to see him in the playoffs. I think everyone does. You know, you look at the playoff picture. No one wants to see the Patriots in. You no ever want to see Mike White? Yeah, I mean Herbert. Chargers doing their thing <laughs> every single year. They were their but, middling but, team in the wild card, going close games. They get in there, they lose the wild card round. That fantasy team is something new. Feels it from the Herbert and Eckler have been letting me down here recently. Speaking of fantasy football, I I got to win this week, and if I don't win, then yeah, boy, I'm I'm done for. Touch week. I've got five wins in a row. I was two and six. I was down in the dumps <laughs> like the Raiders. And now here so, I am, yeah. coming back with a winning streak, and now I control. Do I control my own destiny? I think I do. I think I if you win twice. Yeah, I control my own destiny here. If I can win the last two games, I need, right I need now. a win here, and I need you to lose the next week. I'm fine looking in, but you need a loss for me. I need I need you to win because you're playing the fourth place team. I'm trying to catch. So see what happens. Tight playoff race. I've completely reformed my team since the start of the season. Originally, I had Justin Herbert. I traded him to you. I got Joe Burrow. Oh, yeah. Loving that trade, and then some fool in our league dropped Jamar Chase. I passed on that, and now I got the Burrow Chase duo to lead me into the playoffs. Uh, so, like the way my team is looking as we head down the stretch here. I wish I could do that, Michael. Last week we made some game picks. I think I think on the season I think I'm four zero. I predicted the Eagles to beat the Packers, That's the Eagles right. beat the Titans, and was it was it just the uh, Chiefs uh, Bengals? So I got that right. So I think I'm I guess three zero. I think you have what. Oh. Oh no, and I predicted the Vikings to beat the Jets. So I'm four and zero here in these game picks. Yeah. So should we do? I, mean, I guess it's we do our predictions for the upcoming games in our on our next one later this week. Yeah, well, uh, so there's I guess looking ahead, the big one uh, Sunday night Dolphins at the Chargers. This is this is a big one for both teams and for the Jets itself. And you, you know what? Uh, I've had enough. I think I'm putting my foot down here. I think. I think Mike Williams will probably come back. The Chargers need a big time win. Dolphins just lost. I think I'm gonna Sunday night. I think I think I'm gonna take the Chargers here. To, wow. 
to pull out okay. a big win. Give me the give me the Chargers twenty nine to twenty four. Okay. I wouldn't appreciate that because I'm assuming the Jets will have lost by then. And that will take the Jets out of the playoffs if the Chargers win. So I will be a big Finns fan on Sunday night, most likely. Although if the Jets win, that will be interesting. Like maybe do you root for them to lose? You start setting your sights on the division, like, oh, we swept the Bills, let's go get this thing. That'll be interesting if the Jets win. How we approach rooting for the Chargers here. Um, I think I'm kind of rooting it more from a fantasy aspect of just Herbert and Austin yeah. Eckler having some good games. Yeah, I'm going to take Miami in this one. I'm not a huge believer in the Chargers right now. The way they've played recently doesn't seem like they're playing up to expectations. And I think Miami's going to bounce back after that Niners game. So I'll take Dolphins 31, Chargers 20, 28. There's not, there's not looking ahead. There's not too many like big, big games besides, you know, obviously like our team's games. Um, I think maybe the next best one would be Vikings Lions, maybe. Lions, maybe. Got a chance to get into, into there. Probably have to run the table. There's no, yeah. not many great games. You know, you got like Panthers, Seahawks, Bucks, 49ers. I mean, that's not bad, but no more Jimmy G. Um, I think we could, we could talk about this Vikings Lions one here. And you know the Lions, not a bad team. I don't know who to take in this one. You know, I think, think I can't go two upsets, right? It is. I'm going Lions. It is a home divisional game. I took You're Dolphins going Lions. I'm going to go Lions. I'm all aboard the bandwagon. Jets playing the week after this, so maybe they can get a good emotional win here. They'll have a letdown against the lowly Jets. Taking the Lions. I, I think I just got to stick with the better team here later in the season, but a close one, divisional game. Um, I'm going to take take the – I'll take the Vikings 23-17. All right, so we are opposed on those two picks, but um, big week for the Jets and Eagles. Eagles really solidified themselves in that race, the number one seed. Jets, definitely. Tough loss in the wild card race, but at the same time, a lot of good to take away. I think you have a quarterback to be excited about, and um, Jets still look like a team that is going to have a strong chance to go make a push for a playoff spot. So more big games coming up for both these teams. Eagles going into a little division gauntlet here around the divisional Jets. Game. And a huge divisional game of their own against the Bills. So we will be back later this week uh, to preview the Bills. Talk about those ones. Bills game and the big one, the Eagles as well. Talk to you guys then.